Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Hear me clearly. We've all seen the knee of injustice on the neck of black Americans. America is not a racist country. I don't think America is a racist country. Rudy Giuliani. If this can happen to the former president's lawyer, this can happen to any American. COVID-19. Full reopening in New York City. And that goal is July 1st. This. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. This could definitely be one of those two-hour shows, but we're going to try to get it all in in the next 60 minutes. Uh, It is a political trivia edition of News and Views. Uh, Your category today, the campaign of 1848. Sad news out of Boone, North Carolina. Deputy Logan Fox was one deputy who died in a... 13-hour standoff. Uh, this is this is a sad situation. Two deputies perished. The shooter, um, I, I, I'm assuming he uh, took his own life. And there was two other people that died, a total of five dead. A Boone police officer was hit with gunfire during a rescue attempt. He was uninjured. I don't know how you get hit with gunfire and are not injured. Perhaps uh, it, it's a misprint and that he was just shot at. Um, this is an incredibly tragic situation. Our thoughts and prayers are with everyone involved, said Watauga County Sheriff Lynn Hageman. I greatly appreciate the tremendous support we're receiving from law enforcement agencies across the region and the state. Uh, investigators say it began shortly before 10 a.m. yesterday when deputies conducted a welfare check at 553 Hardeman Circle after the homeowner's family members failed to show up for work and did not answer the phone. Deputies entered the residence after discovering all vehicles belonging to the residence were on the property. Upon entering the home, two Watauga County Sheriff deputies received gunshot wounds from an unknown individual within the residence. The shooter, who was barricaded inside the home, fired toward the deputies periodically. Residents in the Hardeman Circle were told to stay in their homes, shut the doors. Uh, This area is not too far from Appalachian State University. By 5 p.m. Wednesday, the sheriff's office said... One of the deputies was still in the house with the shooter, and the second had been flown to the hospital for treatment. More than a dozen law enforcement agencies responded to the scene. The uh, standoff ended shortly before 11 p.m. Representative Virginia Fox, a North Carolina Republican whose district includes Watauga County, issued a statement. This is truly saddening, she said in a tweet just after 10 a.m. on Thursday. May God continue to bless the countless law enforcement officers who put their lives on the line to protect our communities. We will never forget their services. So this is an unfolding story. Still don't have motivation that I've, I've found uh, anywhere um, uh, by the shooter. Um, I, I, got the, uh, I got the inference from one story, though, that he perhaps was related to the uh, other two people in the home. That's what I understand it. Um I, I, the initial call was a wellness check, I think they said. Right. They didn't show up for didn't work. Didn't show up for work or school or both. Um, and, you know, most law enforcement people would tell you that going into a domestic call, I'm not saying there was any kind of domestic um, disturbance or anything, but, but that's just a danger. You just don't know what you're walking right. into. I mean, it's when you When you think of a wellness check, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, you don't think of walking into gunfire. Well, oftentimes, too. Um, I mean, when when they do wellness checks, oftentimes they find you know, you know murder suicide type situations and, and or that type just of thing. someone passing away by natural causes, right. I suppose. But uh, the situation up in Elizabeth City, um, 
a little inside information. I've got a friend who has a relative who is with the uh, Highway Patrol, state trooper, and I should say the state police, not the Highway Patrol. But um, this individual was assigned to Elizabeth City for, for approximately a week. Um, they're staying up there and, you know, being a part of the uh, police force to make sure everything stays calm in Elizabeth City. And apparently last night it was totally calm. And, um, you know, there were stories that we talked about earlier in the week that perhaps there would have been some people being bussed in. According to this individual, it was quiet, peaceful, and nobody was bussed in. Which, Benny and I were talking before the program, uh, that's a good sign. And I also think that's perhaps a sign that, uh, okay, this, this narrative that we've been hearing, that the deputies executed this individual, it eh, doesn't sound like it. I watched a little bit of, uh, I think it was WITN had a live camera there last night. Um, and, you know, there was um, a little bit of yelling and shouting. I think I saw maybe one or two arrests. I did see someone handcuffed and taken away, that type of thing. Well, there was still a curfew. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, well, anyway, we'll see uh, how it goes. The um, WAVA uh, is reporting, that's the station out of uh, Norfolk, that the Pasquotank County Sheriff's Office has released the names of the seven deputies who were originally placed on administrative leave. Um, now, Apparently, they were, they've gone over the video enough times that they realize it was just three of the deputies that actually fired their weapons. So the other four have been put back onto duty. Three are still on administrative leave. Now, uh, the, the, a lot of outlets are naming the names. We're not going to do that. I just don't see. And the, the sheriff, um, Tommy Wooden, released the names. I, I just don't. Right now, I just don't see that there's any purpose in that. Uh, there's too many nuts out there that this, you know that they're going to be the hero, or they're they're just there's too many crazies out there to start mentioning names of who did what. Yeah, and I, I speculated all the time that they would not release the name simply for the fact that uh, they mentioned that it was part of a, a multi-county drug task force, and a lot of times those guys are undercover. So I thought you know they wouldn't release any names or pictures until. Um, until they absolutely had to, just because, I mean, you blow someone's cover, but uh, yeah. I guess it's been blown now. At least the well, and again, this is why Jeff Foster yesterday, you know, for the protection of the deputies, said, no, we're going to hold off on releasing the video. We're going to hold off on even allowing the family to see it, the full video, until we can blur the faces and blur the name uh, tags that they're wearing, uh, you know, just to keep their identity at this point. Um and confidence. So last night, and, and there's some other uh, statewide stories we're going to get to in a little bit, but I, I, I did want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about the um, Biden speech last night. Mm. Um, it, by, by the way, I just I just caught the uh, headline of a, a story on Town Hall that apparently um, – the ratings for the Biden speech, uh, not very good as compared to uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Biden's rating, rating uh, let's see if I can see it. There was 11 million people, 11.6 million who watched uh, Biden last night. In 2020, for Trump, it was 37.2 million. In 2019, for Trump, it was uh, 46.8 million. 
And uh, his first year, his first speech to join Congress in uh, 2017 was $48 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, basically he had four times the uh, number, more than four times the number that uh, Biden had last night. I was getting ready to say it mirrors the campaign, but no, I can't think the campaign was like maybe 1,000 to 1 or something compared to um, – you know, the, the frequent, very infrequent campaign stops that Joe Biden had. I, I do know this. I watched it last night, but I don't think you can legally buy enough bourbon for me to watch it again. <laughs> really. You have to start brewing your own. Good gracious. Come on, man. Um, it, it was, uh, I, you know, I had to just sort of... I was actually fairly mellow, which usually if I'm watching something like that that is full of lies, I, I usually start throwing things at the TV. Um, fortunately, I was watching Fox News and I wasn't watching CNN. Th- this is just a clip, though. You know, th- Throughout this speech, especially when it came to COVID, how, how dare Biden not give any credit? Not, not only did he not give credit to Donald Trump. He did not give credit to the Republican Party. He did not even give credit to America. I mean, if he at least say, you know, we as Americans came together and we conquered this thing, he took all the credit and bathed himself in it. And I've said before, a week or two weeks before the election, both President Biden and Vice President Harris, prior to the election, talked about, well, number one, the vaccine, no, the vaccine is a, a year away. And, and I'm not going to take a Donald Trump rushed vaccine. I heard right. rushed vaccine. Yep. And now, go get a vaccine. CNN, this is cut one, Clark. CNN did their post-Biden analysis. Mm. And this is Gloria Borger, or Borger, Booger. <laughs> and, uh, Berger, maybe? I don't know. B-O-R-G-E-R. Um she, uh, this is what she had to say about what Joe said about the coronavirus and the vaccine. What also struck me was that this was not a message that was a Donald Trump message at all. He was not speaking to the base of the party, except in one area where he was refusing to give uh, Joe Biden any credit on COVID-19. He said the tide had already turned on COVID-19 when... Um, when Biden became president. And of course, everybody understands that Operation Warp Speed happened under Joe Biden, but getting vaccines into arms was uh, a Biden operation. Yeah, you heard that right. Now, at least you say, well, Tom, that was just a mistake. That was just a, you know, uh, she she just got her words mixed up. There was five people on the panel. Mm -hmm. And that, that that was an obvious either deliberate or mistaken mistake. But nobody corrected her. No. Nobody came back and, and bothered to correct her. And you said, you heard it right. CNN reports that everybody knows that Warp Speed was under Joe Biden. Was, um, was that Anderson Cooper on that panel? He was on there. Oh, yeah. He was thinking about the next Jeopardy question, I guess, <laughs> and wasn't listening to correct her. I mean, because surely if he was doing his job, he'd say, well, you meant President Trump, right? No. He never, never came up. <laughs> So you don't think it was bias on his part? Uh, I, uh, look, I mean, it, maybe it was a mistake, but why wouldn't anybody? Five people on the panel and nobody say, oh, oops. No, you mean you mean Trump, right? I, I, honestly, if anyone takes CNN as a serious news organization, I, I, I would trust your judgment about anything, really. 
I mean, it's, it's obvious. The idea that we're going to have jobs, jobs, jobs. How many do you say? 100, we're going to get 100 million jobs from, from the Paris Climate Accord and from green energy. And the, the guys up there taking all the bows for the uh, COVID vaccine and the, uh, the implementation of the distribution of it. He uh, also gets up and says, for the first time in the history of mankind, we created a hundred and some million jobs in the first hundred days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think the fact that Donald Trump came up with a vaccine and this was a rebound from the coronavirus, do you think that had anything to do with it, Joe? And uh, but, you know, he continues to uh, talk about jobs. He said, when I think of climate change, I think of jobs. While Biden admitted that the United States only accounts for less than 15 percent of global carbon emissions, he said rejoining the Paris Climate Accord would build consensus that if we act to save the planet, we can create millions of jobs, economic growth and opportunity and raise the standard of living for most everyone in the world. Can you say Solyndra? Yeah, I can just see last night. I could just visualize uh, what's the um, I hate call him emperor. He's not emperor of China. Um, See, um, Ching, um, Xi Jing, Xi Jing P. Yeah, no. <laughs> whatever his name is, um, escapes me right now. I, I, if you hadn't asked me, I could think of it. But I could just see him last night sitting back, watching it, having a scotch. Smoke, oh yeah, smoking a cigar and just laughing oh, yeah. like hell. I was what texting. He's do so, to I was texting States. somebody last night. Well, I was texting you for one, but texting a, a bunch of people last night, and I said that very thing. China is laughing their fannies off. You know, so he brags about all the jobs he created, but he did never addressed the fact that uh, he shut down the wall and shut down the XL pipeline that cost thousands of jobs. And that's, that's direct jobs. That's not even talking about the, the ripple effect of the jobs that he cost. Um, it, it, the, the whole thing was just so braggadocious. It, it really made you sick. You know, the first thing that was shocking to me when I turned it on was, I mean, here you go. Everyone in that room was vac- had a vaccine last night. Every yeah. individual. <laughs> and they're all wearing masks. Yeah. They're all socially distanced from one another. And I'm thinking... Um, virtue signaling. Virtue si- More like fear signaling. Oh, they, yeah. They, they want to keep everybody in fear. They have got to keep the fear going because that's what makes them more powerful. Yep. And that's all they talked about. Um, I mean, it wasn't about what America was going to do, what government was going to do. I oh, mean, yeah. From cradle to the grave. I mean, Britt Hume said it first last night. And, of course, everybody's kind of repeated him, and I hadn't heard anybody give him credit for it. But he, he did say, you know, contrast this with Bill Clinton in 1996 yeah. saying the era. era of big government is over. Just think about how the Democrat Party has changed from that statement from President Clinton. The Democratic progressive leadership – are a bunch of drug pushers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just like the the drug pusher that just just try a little bit of this cocaine. You'll you'll like it, and you know, you, if, you just try it. Just try. It. You'll you'll enjoy it. It'll make you feel good. And this is exactly what he is saying. He said, you know, just, just look. You're not going to pay for it. Just you know, we're just going to help you out. We're just going to give you some money. We're just going to give you some benefits. Just just try it. It's not going to cost you a thing. You know, nobody's going to have their taxes raised unless you're making more than four hundred thousand dollars a year, which is first of all class warfare. But if you think that you're not going to have to pay for this, I mean, he goes on to, to, to talk about, I want to spend $4 trillion. And he's saying, we're just going to raise taxes. The, the taxes, if you make more than $400,000 a year, will go up to 39%, I think it was. 
And then we're going to also tax these uh, these big big uh, corporations. Well, he, you're, you're talking at that point. You've got a four trillion dollar debt, and you're talking about billions of dollars in new tax revenue. And by the way, that will disappear. I mean, if if you're going to tax something, you're going to kill it. So, I mean, at, at best, you might you might milk a couple of years out of that before it all disappears and goes to foreign countries or wherever, or just goes out of business. But add it up. I mean, you're talking about billions in new tax revenue versus trillions in spending. How does that work out? Not too good. Yeah, and, you know, all the uh, Democrat pundits last night was talking about, uh, you know, talking about Biden's tax plan, and, you know, Biden had mentioned that, hey, we just want to get things back to where they were when George Bush was in office, which is which is a lie. But, hey, tax revenues for the IRS was, was, on rec- was record highs under Donald Trump, tax yeah. revenues. Yeah, yeah. That's because— if you slow your regulation down, don't tax the heck out of people, and let the private sector work, they're going to produce jobs. No, no, there's no politicians, Democrat or Republicans, that produce any jobs. And Joe Biden, being in Washington D.C. for 50 years, have never produced a job in his entire Bingo. freaking life. Bingo! It kills me. These guys. Um, Biden also called the surge on the Capitol on January 6th the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what happened on 9-11? You think that wasn't too bad? Or what happened when, um, uh, hey, I can't remember the group's name, but they they blew up a bomb in the Senate chambers. I mean, they blew a bomb up in the Senate chambers about, what, 82, 83? The same same group that Jerry Nadler uh, had Bill Clinton pardon? So, I mean, but but you're you're talking about a situation where the police officers let these protesters in, and you know the protesters didn't kill anybody. As far as we can tell, they didn't even hurt anybody. My phone. The worst, the, the worst thing that came up was okay. They stole Nancy Pelosi's podium. My phone just buzzed. My wife's hitting a shot collar, so I get, evidently I was getting a little off the rails for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're going to take a time out and we come back. Uh, so that was one of the worst speeches you've ever heard. But that was followed up by one of the, I think it was the best rebuttal speech I have ever heard since they started doing these rebuttal speeches Absolutely. after the uh, speech of the president, <clears throat> or the delivery of the president. We'll talk about that when we get back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Tom and Benny and Clark with you, April 29th, 2021. 76 years ago, in 1945, Adolf Hitler married Eva Braun in his bunker. They committed suicide the next day. Nice honeymoon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at your weather forecast. Mostly cloudy with a low around 71 tonight. It is going to be gusty, though, at times, up to 26 miles an hour. Uh, Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers in the morning. Otherwise, sunshine with a high near 82. Tomorrow night, mostly clear around 48 for a low. Saturday, gorgeous. Sunny with a high near 73. And more of the same on Sunday with a high of around 84. Weather brought to you by our friends at Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Call 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. 252-752-4653. 
be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. So one of the commentators I heard last night said, I can't remember who it was, but said, having to do the rebuttal speech after the State of the Union or last night addressing the joint members of Congress, which, by the way, I don't know if you if a lot of people didn't watch it, obviously. But I mean, I, I guess it was to enhance the, the covid propaganda, but nobody was there. I, I, I don't think they really had to talk anybody into not showing up. Uh, there was a couple of uh, Republicans there, but primarily Democrats. But it was fairly empty in the room. But somebody said last night, having to give the rebuttal speech is like trying to serve up a crap sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, and you think of all the the rebuttal speeches on, on either side of the aisle that have just been terrible. I, I can't remember one that's ever been really good. And mm. and you've never had one where the rebuttal was actually better than what the president mm, said. Right. And again, either party, except for last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Scott, I, we just have to figure out who his running mate's going to be. Not sure. But Tim Scott, boy, his stock went through the roof. Now, you know, he spoke uh, at the last uh, Republican National Convention, did a great job there. But, man, he hit it out of the park last night. He did. And and I I said, I think I've told you before, um, at the RNC, I I thought it was the best speech since Ronald Reagan uh, of any RNC. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just jotting down some things about his uh, and, and uh, reading an article by, by Guy Benson, but I wrote down a couple of other things that I really admired about the speech. Uh, he was warm. He was engaging. He was thoughtful. You know, he was elbowing the Democrats, and, and yet he did it in a way that he was very likable. Mm-hmm. But he was a vision caster like Reagan. Right. He, he set a tone <laughs> of... The light on the shi- the 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 light on the shining hill is that how uh, Reagan put it the the city, uh, the city on the yeah <laughs> I've screwed it up yeah. but you know what I'm talking about um, but he he cast that sort of obviously I'm not casting a very good vision there but he cast that vision of how great America could be mm-hmm. just like Ronald Reagan um, a- again who's going to be the running mate now you think it's going to be Christy Noem Governor Goodarms I think <laughs> would be a good I, you one. know I don't know. Uh, I, 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 but I tell you what, um, I think whoever he picks, I, I just want him to pick someone who, if if something ever happened to him, could carry on what he would like to start. But uh, wow, I, I just, to me, I mean, I like Ron DeSantis, but Tim Scott was articulate, and I, I don't want to make this a race issue, but... Tim Scott just takes the wind out of the sails of all the Democratic talking points. Well, and and the Democrat pundits that they you know they always like to talk talk about the Democrat Party being young, progressive, and great ideas. And you look at last night, and you had Nancy Pelosi that's a hundred. She's what seventy eight or nine. No. Joe Biden's about the same age. The young person in the party that was on Kamala. display last night was my age. She's fifty five. Um, and you look out in the audience, and you got you got these guys old and gals that's that are old. Same thing my wife said. They're She's old. Saying, and look, I'm sorry. The Democratic Party looks like the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest yeah. or the bar scene of Star Wars. And what young people they have in the party are nuts. I mean, they yeah. are literally nuts. Yeah. So I, the, the Republican Party is is really, really deep for the next election, I think. The— um, 
the points that Scott made very well. It was and and listen. Uh, if it, by the way, if, if, do we have that on our website, Clark? I think I think Clark put it up on our website. If you want, if you didn't hear the speech last night, we've got Tim Scott up on the website, right, Clark? Yes, we do. So uh, go to uh, ENC News and Views, and uh, you can watch. It's only about fourteen minutes long. It is a incredible speech. Uh, he talked about school closures. Uh, he talked about the fact that, you know, this is uh, ridiculous that other countries, uh, you know, opened their schools long ago. Private schools opened up long ago. And again, he pointed out, you know, the, the libs love to talk about, you know, science and data. And he just said the science and data points to open the schools back up. Uh, he talked about uh, Biden's pardon, uh, partisanship and runaway spending. Made some great points talking about how. You know, Joe Biden wants to what what we talked about earlier, how he wants to spend all this money, but he didn't have any money to pay for it. Uh, They want to spend two trillion dollars on a partisan bill that the White House bragged was the most liberal bill in American history. Yet only one percent went to vaccinations. Uh, Another issue on infrastructure, Republicans support infrastructure, he said. But again, less than six percent of the president's infrastructure bill actually goes to roads and bridges. Um, and then, uh, this is cut two, then uh, he took on the leftist racial intolerance and police reform and racialized wokeism. And uh, he, he said it better than I can explain it. Nowhere do we need common ground more desperately than in our discussions of race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason to be followed around the store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals, just last week. A national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. In 2015, after the shooting of Walter Scott, I wrote a bill to fund body cameras. Last year, after the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, I built an even bigger police reform proposal. But my Democratic colleagues blocked it. I extended an olive branch. I offered amendments, but Democrats used a filibuster to block the debate from even happening. My friends across the aisle seemed to want the issue more than they wanted a solution. But I'm still working. I'm hopeful that this will be different. When America comes together, we've made tremendous progress, but powerful forces want to pull us apart. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all by doubling down on the divisions we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not 
a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. Now, if you or I were to say America is not a racist country, we we can't say that with any authority. We cannot say that uh, without being questioned. Tim Tim Scott can say that. Tim Scott, 2024. Yeah. Get it started now. Yeah, he, he he talked about other things. He talked about uh, the the how the voting bill in Georgia is being mischaracterized by the president and others. He talked about the fact that it's easier to cast a vote in Georgia than it is in New York or Delaware, the, yeah. the president's home state. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but frankly, I thought that the strongest part of his speech was his close. Uh, this is where he once again cast the shadow of Ronald Reagan with a vision of what it means to be an American, uh, how great America can be. And I'll say this, kudos for his bold witness for his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our best future will not come from Washington schemes or socialist dreams. It will come from you, the American people. Black, Hispanic, white, and Asian, Republican and Democrat, brave police officers in black neighborhoods. We are not adversaries. We are family. We are all in this together, and we get to live in the greatest country on earth, the country where my grandfather in his 94 years saw his family go from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. So I am more than hopeful. I am confident that our finest hour is yet to come. Original sin is never the end of the story, not in our souls and not for our nation. The real story is always redemption. I am standing here because my mom has prayed me through some really tough times. I believe our nation has succeeded the same way. Because generations of Americans in their own ways have asked for grace and God has supplied it. So I will close with a word from a worship song that really helped me through this past year of COVID. The music is new, but the words draw from scripture. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you. In your weeping and your rejoicing, he is for you. May his favor be upon our nation for a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children. Good night and God bless the United States of America. That that was just a great speech. And I tell you, if that doesn't get you excited, then you don't have a heartbeat. It was a a depressing evening watching Joe Biden, but... For those 15 minutes afterwards, when Tim Scott got up and spoke, I thought, wow, I, I can now go to bed happy with some a little bit of hope. It reminded me of your reference earlier to Ronald Reagan's uh, 1980 speech, for I believe that Americans in 1980 are every bit as committed to the vision of a shining city on a hill there you go. as were those long-ago settlers. And, you know, what is really sad, but it shouldn't surprise any of us if you, if you know better, And this just goes to prove that the race card is played to push an ideology. Why? Because last night and today, 
liberals across the board have been going after Tim Scott, calling him Uncle Tim, yep. a, a blatant reference. And uh, I mean, and, and that, those are the nice things they said, calling him Uncle Tim. But uh, it's it is, you know, the next time they I mean, where are these people that said, if you didn't vote for Barack Obama, you must be a racist. If you mm-hmm. don't believe in Barack Obama's agenda, you must be a racist. Where are those people when it comes to Tim Scott? And where was Black Lives Matter in the NAACP today when Tim Scott is being vilified by the left? Yeah, coming to his defense. I mean, bingo. And last night, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris this morning on Good Morning America repeated it word for word that one of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. And so these issues are ones we must confront. (laughs) That's our greatest yeah. national security threat. Unbelievable. You know, I don't remember the, I don't remember the comedian that said it, but back during the the, the Justin Smollett Chicago, right? You know, Jesse, Jesse Smollett. I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking, juicy. Uh, you know, that that uh, stand up routine. Anyway, but uh, some comedian said, you know, or one a comedian, it was actually a political pun. It said, well, "We're not a racial country," and this is the black guy that said this. He said. You know, it's so hard to find a white supremacist in the United States that, that Smollett had to go to Africa and get two black guys to pose as a white supremacist. <laughs> That's right. I mean, well said. I mean, all right. Uh, on a heavy day, let's lo- loosen things up with a little political trivia, shall we? Your category, the campaign of 1848, got a $200 prize package. The number to call if you want to play, 561 8255, area code 252 561 Political trivia when we get back. Welcome back in. Time for a little political trivia. 561-8255. Give us a call. We've got some lines open. 561-8255. Got a good prize package for you, including a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery and Aiden Delicious Bake from Scratch uh, Fresh Goodies. They are good, too. Had some last week. Oh, my, they're good. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A free round of golf at Ironwood, including cart. A $20 diagnostic card from University PC Care for any iPhone or PC repair. A $20 gift card to Pirates Cove Car Wash, proud partner of the ECU Courtesy Car Program. A gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach and a free oil change for your car pickup at uh, Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. 561-8255. These people are chicken. They always want to hear the question first. 561-8255. Remember last week, the first caller got it. All right. Betty is on the line. Congratulations, Betty. You're the only one. With enough courage to be the first caller. Oh, God. You ready to play? Uh, yes and no. All right. Well, listen, if you miss it, you can always call us back. I thought it was safe, but it took him four rings to answer. <laughs> your category is the campaign of 1848. Here's your question. In 1848, Zachary Taylor ran and won the presidential election. His vice president running mate was Millard Fillmore. There was something highly unusual about their campaign, which is unheard of today. What was so unusual about their campaign? They 
um, we're on different ends of a certain issue? Uh, no, that's not it. That's a great guess, but that is not it. Think about it. Give us a call back. 561-8255. Thanks, Betty. Let's go to John. Hi, John. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Did you hear the question? No, I did. All right, here you go. In 1848, Zachary Taylor ran and won the presidential election. His vice president running mate was Millard Fillmore. There was something highly unusual about their campaign, which is unheard of today. What was so unusual about their campaign? Uh, were they starting a new political party or something? Uh, that is not it. It's a good guess. That's though. another good guess. That's not it. Uh, Give us a call back five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Ray. Hey Ray. Hey Ray. Hey. How y'all doing today? Uh, doing well. Hope you're doing well. Did you hear the question? Uh, you want me to repeat I did. it? Okay. What do you think? Uh, give it a shot. They didn't campaign. You know, you're warm. That is not it, but you are lukewarm on that answer. So you gave somebody else a little hint there. Thanks, Ray. Let's go to Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, how are y'all doing tonight? Doing well. What do you think? What was so unusual about the campaign of Zachary Taylor and Millard Fillmore that's unheard of today? Uh, Was it that Millard Fillmore was the ex-president? That is not it. That is not it. Okay. 561-8255. Hello. Hello. Hey, is this Priscilla? Yeah, it is. Hey, Priscilla. I'm hey, going to give you... Uh, have you heard the question, first of all? And I'm going to give you a yeah, hint. Yeah, I heard the question. All right, here's your hint. This unusual thing did involve both men. They never campaigned together. Uh, y- you are really hot. Do you want to expand on that? I feel like I need to let you expand your answer. Expand on that? Yeah, expand on that just a little bit. You're really hot, and I meant your answer, not you. (laughs) But you might be hot, too, but I'll leave that up to your husband. Say again? They never met until the end. That's it! There you go. That is is it! They never met until after they were elected. Congratulations, Priscilla. Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm calling from Greenville. All right. Congratulations. So was that a Thank guess, you. or uh, did you have a little help from uh, somebody sitting on the sidelines? Actually, a little help. All right. Congratulations <laughs> to you and your helper. Hang on the line. Clark has got a boatload of goodies for you. We'll get them to you. Congratulations. Thanks for everybody who called. Benny and I will be right back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Congratulations to Priscilla Braxton. She is our political trivia winner. She, uh, she and her helper came up with the answer that uh, Zachary Taylor and Millard Fillmore never met until after they were elected. Yeah, that's unheard of. Can today. you imagine that now? I mean, <laughs> it might make for a little more interesting uh, campaign. Uh, lots of uh, stories on the state level, which uh, we've been so busy. I, I said at the beginning of the program, we could have gone two hours today. Uh, one of the interesting stories, the lawmakers up in Raleigh have decided, well, the leadership has decided not to move forward with a bill that would prevent transgender biological, transgender girls, biological males, from playing on female sports teams. 
House uh, Speaker Tim Moore confirmed today that House Bill 358, also known as the Save Women's <coughs> Sports Act, is dead after legislative staff found that there have been no complaints in North Carolina on this topic. He said a wise legislature does not go out looking for social issues to tap. Uh, hmm. I, I, I just uh, look, I, I have a lot of respect for Tim Moore. I think he's doing a great job. Um, I do wonder whether or not uh, Tim Moore and Speaker Berger both backed down because there was this other bill uh, concerning uh, minors not be given uh, chemicals or surgery to change their their sex, uh, which was Senate Bill 514. Uh, uh, they backed off of both those bills. I do wonder, no proof, but I do wonder whether the announcement that Apple would come to the research triangle, create 3,000 jobs, I talked about that earlier in the week, whether or not that was one of the reasons they didn't <laughs> want to touch this bill. Just just pondering there. Mm-hmm. But I, I've really got to disagree with uh, Speaker Moore that, um, hey, we, no complaints, so therefore let's not do anything on this. It's obvious that the encroachment into women's sports is happening all over the United States. And what kind of signal does that send to the transgender uh, community that okay well gee even the republicans don't seem to have a problem with this yeah maybe he really meant a wise instead of a wise legislator maybe a wise politician that reads polling data <laughs> i don't know yeah I, I again though you know i don't i can i can almost see that senate bill 514 would uh not get as much momentum but when you frame this as it has been titled the Save Women's Sports Act, mm. I, I don't I don't see that. And, and if you if you go to somebody and you say, do you think it is fair for a biological male to have to to uh, that biological females would have to compete with biological males in the same sport for a position on the team? Or in a track meet, do you think that's fair? I think the overwhelming majority of North Carolinians would say, yes, that is unfair. I would think so. Maybe, maybe he's just afraid of the, uh, you know, the, the progressive left and the, and the Democrats and the branding them as big branding like, you know, the bathroom bill. Yeah. I mean, they totally misconstrued what really was, you know, was written in that bill. And it, and it cost Pat McCrory, the, the governor. Uh, yeah. Hey, congratulations again to Priscilla Braxton. Congratulations to uh, Senator Tim Scott on a great job last night. I uh, don't think that's the last we will hear of Tim Scott. I, I hope think, not. Uh, I hope not either. Tim Scott and who in 2024? Hmm? Could be. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.